might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to the Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck, and this is another edition of Metal Tales from the Road. And this week we are talking about the Cincinnati show that Metallica just played. Uh, as you're hearing this, it uh, would have been last night. And we we're on the phone via Skype uh, with our longtime listener and good friend of the show, Miss Stephanie Zink. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? We're I, Well, I'm doing well. I can't speak for Clint right now, but... Um, I'm doing fine. Clint's fine. Um, <laughs> uh so you were at Cincinnati last night. We got to hang out at the podcast party in Nashville last week, um, yes. where we got to meet you in person for the first time, and also hung out a little bit at the show. We were kind of all in the same area. Um, and uh, let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> you you sound like I did last Friday after the Metallica show in Nashville. Oh God, yeah. It's like it didn't hit us until Monday. It was like Monday we started feeling like like crap and then it's just been all downhill all week yeah it, you know it's i think it's just kind of like the price we pay you know uh, and especially you guys you guys are going to a bunch of shows and stuff so you know lack of sleep being around a bunch of other people someone else might be sick that kind of stuff will obviously spread pretty quick oh yeah for sure but i'm like i'm not letting this ruin this i've been waiting a year <laughs> <laughs> exactly you can't you know can't let it get you down I, like I, I started feeling a little sick at the show in Nashville, like not bad. I just kind of like, I could tell my voice was going, um, felt a little drain of energy, but I also had such a long week of rehearsals, the two shows we went to the party. And I don't think I got more than four hours of sleep all week. So that my body definitely had a big middle finger pointed at me and, uh, took me out over the weekend. And I, I just rested as much as I could over the weekend. I'm feeling a lot better though, thankfully. And I hope you feel better soon too. Oh, God, yeah, I really do. I was like, I have to work today, but oh, hopefully man. they don't need me and they send me home. <laughs> right, right. Um, so are you, uh, let's let's get to know you a little bit, or let the listeners get to know you a little bit. Are, are you from, where are you from exactly? I'm from Springfield, Ohio. Um, basically, Springfield, Ohio is like in the middle between Dayton and Columbus. Okay. So yeah. it was, so was the Cincinnati show your last show of the, of the to run? <laughs> no, we, we're going to Cleveland tomorrow. You're going to Cleveland tomorrow? Okay, I, I figured yeah. you might. Um, well, that's cool. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into to more of that and and you know the set list and uh, you sent me some notes. I've got them printed out here. Uh, but let's get, let's get a quick little brief history of your Metallica story. Like, when did you get into the band? And when was that? When did that spark ignite that you just were like, oh my god, this band's amazing? Oh yeah, so uh, it was like 2009. I heard that they were actually coming to U.S. Bank Arena. It was on the Death Magnetic Tour. So I got tickets. We were literally way up in the nosebleeds, like four rows from the top. And I don't remember much from that show, but when they played Fight Fire with Fire at the, like, as part of the encore, I was hooked. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Wow. Like, they sounded great. It looked great. I was like, I was hooked after that. So what, at, at this point, had you... 
before buying tickets to that show, had you bought any records yet? Or was it kind of a thing like, I've heard of this band, let's go check it out? Well, we're I'm kind of like a load baby, because I was in high school when Load and Reload were out. So okay. like, I had the Load albums, and kind of like that's what I grew up with. It was kind of like the backdrop for high school, pretty much, was yeah. like Until It Sleeps and The Unforgiven 2. So like when my husband and I dated in high school, our song was The Unforgiven 2. Awesome. Like even though it's about death, but <laughs> no, that's we like the though. song. So. Yeah. So, so you, so you've been a fan since high school. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. And and so was was Lo- was Load the first Metallica record you purchased? Yeah, Load was the first Metallica record I actually purchased. Very cool. Um, Clint will be happy to I, hear that. Yeah. So, and I didn't really start diving into everything else until. Probably when I bought the tickets in 2009, I was like, well, I better kind of dive into the catalog. So, like, I dove back and went back through, like, the catalog and kind of listened to everything and then listened to Death Magnetic to kind of get myself up to, like, the present day. And then after that, it was just like, I was like, oh, I'm joining the fan club. I joined the fan club yeah. and did all that shit. So. Well, that's crazy that you, you basically spent, uh, you know, over 10 years with two records and then then decided maybe it, now it's time to go dive into the old catalog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that's cool. You know, it, it's so fun to get to talk to different fans uh, that have gone, gone gone to these shows and hear kind of, you know, what, what their story is and what record they came in on. Because, you know, especially at the Load Reload area, like, you know, that obviously gets a lot of crap from people. Um, you know, maybe some of the, the trues and stuff. But uh, it's cool to talk right. to people that, that came online in that era, you know. And uh, oh, yeah. it's awesome. And I, I thought those records were great, like, but uh, I was in the hard rock at that time, so that was kind of like the time frame of music for me anyway, so, sure. like, that was just the stuff I was into. Okay, okay, that's awesome. And so, yeah. you, and you mentioned you, you and your husband have been together since high school? Well, we dated for, like, a year in high school, and then... I never see. I didn't see him again. Like we live in the same town, and I mean the town's big, but not really. Yeah. And I didn't see him again until like almost it was like two thousand two. So that was like ninety seven. Oh wow! Okay. Ninety eight. Yeah. So. And then sparks ignited once again. Yeah. <laughs> and you and then you and then you figured out. Oh, you like Metallica too. This is going to work out. Oh God, yeah. It was like he was right at the pinnacle beginning of like this shit just taking off. So like he probably already knew like as soon as I seen him live for the first time that this stuff was just gonna just take off like right. crazy. Yeah, and he's just on for the ride pretty much because I just I'm like yeah we're gonna do this. So is he is, like, is he as much of a diehard as you? Or no? No, he's not. Um, Does he even he like Metallica? Metallica? What's that? Oh no, he <laughs> he loves Metallica. Just not as hardcore as I do. So if you if 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 you weren't going to all these shows, he 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 wouldn't like that. Wouldn't be his idea. It's he's kind oh God, of yeah. just, he's just following your lead. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he's taking care of me basically. What so. a what a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. It was like yesterday we were joking on the way home. He was like, "When's the next show?" I was like, "Friday." And he was like. I'm going to pay somebody a hundred dollars to take you. He's like, I, just, I was like, whatever. I was like, don't give up on me now. Hey, if, if, you know, if Cleveland was a little bit closer to Nashville, I might let him pay me a hundred dollars to go to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately it's like a seven plus hour drive. So right. Um, like I said, we're both just, we're both under the weather. So. I'm sure you are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, so how many, how many shows in total have you seen? Um, let's see. So yesterday it'll be 
10. So it'll okay. be 13 total by the time we're done with our run. Okay, very cool. And so so on this on the World Wired Tour, how many shows have you seen? Of so those far, 13? three. Oh, so, so far, three. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, which ones are those? So was it, were you in Birmingham? Oh, no. Okay, sorry. So the third show will be tomorrow. So okay, we've done so, two. So Nashville and Cincinnati. Oh, okay, very cool. And are you guys just buying floor seats or do you have a black ticket? Um, we bought, um, I got the Unforgiven Experience, which I'm really glad I got. Yeah. Because it was so cold yesterday. We didn't, we weren't outside for very long. That's which good. is great. Because we were going to freeze to death. So. Yeah, it's not been uh, the warmest of uh, weeks this week, especially up north. Oh, yeah, it was terrible in Cincinnati. So did you guys do Unforgiven for each of the shows? Um, Just for this show and um, Cleveland, I got Unforgiven for that. Okay, and then Nashville, you just got, just got floor tickets? Yeah, we just got regular floor tickets. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, it, it was such a fun experience um, to finally go to, to, to two more of these shows on this tour for us, Birmingham and Nashville. And, you know, doing these Metal Tales series, it's always interesting to talk to people that are going to all the shows that aren't near us and all the anticipation leading up to it. You know, every time Clint or I do one of these things, it's like, man, I can't wait for this tour to finally come to Nashville. And then it finally did. And now, right. it's, and now it's weird. This is my first Metal Tales talking to somebody after the show. So now I know the experience. Now I know what happened. Saw it in person. So it's, this is going to be fun to run through the uh, Cincinnati show. Oh, yeah. And it was great. I couldn't have been happier with their show yesterday. Yeah. You you know, you guys got a hell of a set list. I, I, I was, you know, last night, late last night, I saw they posted the set list and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, it was great. Wow. They, like, they, they played some gems last night. Um, and we'll get into that for sure. Um, so um, you, you mentioned that you did the Unforgiven Experience yesterday for Cincinnati. And so you, you didn't have to stay outside very long. Uh, maybe just as a reminder to people uh, who don't know what each experience gets them, tell us kind of what the Unforgiven experience, you know, get, gets you um, for the show. Oh, sure. So um, basically it gets you early entry. So the Unforgiven, um, you also get like the show, there's like a special show poster that like the experience package people get. And then like some other goodies, like I got a bottle opener. Um, a necklace and a pin, I think. Oh, I kind of looked at it. Is that the thing in a little white box? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so it's just some nice little trinkets that they give you. And, um, you know, it's like early entry is really the main reason why people buy these so they can get to the floor before general admission is let in the door. Right. So, I mean, even though we were like we were like second from the front because obviously all the whiplash people – get to get to be let in first yeah totally which should be so like they got to be let in first and then we were let in behind but i mean still i couldn't like i can't complain with how close i was you think they would let let the people that are doing the the big daddy package you know where they get to meet the band and stuff do you think they'd get let in first because they're spending the most money but they're probably busy meeting the band oh yeah yeah and i think they get some kind of special spot oh you know actually i think they get seats yeah. Yeah, and they're like and they're like pretty much like on the lower bowl in like the first two rows or something. So when yeah. he- when Hetfield's on that microphone, he's like 5 feet from you. Right, right. And it was like when when we did the hardwired experience in 2017, um in Detroit, we got snake pit passes. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so we were in the snake pit, which was fantastic. So we were at so, the, so we were at the same show. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, were you already listening to uh, the the podcast at that point in Detroit? I think so. Because that was about yeah. six months into the podcast, maybe. 
That seems like forever I, ago, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I might have got into the podcast a little bit after that. Okay. I think I'd already done the experience. Right, right. Well, either way, it was it, cool that, that, that all of us were at the same show together a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So... Um, so you get early, you get early entry. Uh, when you got in, were there any rail spots available yet? You said in your notes that you were you were second in from the rail. Um, was yeah. that just because all the Whiplash people already kind of took their spots? Oh yeah, like Whiplash was already in there. Like the rail all the way around was full already. Wow. Okay. But I'm like, and there was a lot of Unforgiven too. Like, I, I don't know how many they do which would be good information, but yeah, <laughs> there, there's a lot of them. So sure. Yeah. The, the whole rail was already full by the time we got down there. Okay. So, and, so when you go in, you're not, you're not stopping by merch or anything or the beer stand, you're going straight as close as you can get. Right. Well, we had a plan set up beforehand. I was like, I told Dan, I was like, all right, you go to the merch booth and buy stuff. I'm going to go find a spot. So we were going to do that. But it just so happens that we were standing by a merch booth when they lined us all up, and oh. it opened while we were standing there. So he's like, "Oh, okay." And he just walked over. Oh, that's awesome! They bought the stuff. Yeah, very cool. What what kind of stuff did you guys get? Um, I got a couple shirts. Like they had one for um, the Cincinnati Cyclones is the team that's at US Bank Arena, right? And they had like a shirt that looked like it was the Cyclone, but it's actually the Ninja Star. Oh, that's cool. It yeah, it's really cool. And then. I got um, one of the the regular Cincinnati exclusive shirts, and I was able to snag a poster awesome. because I didn't get a poster in Nashville because they were gone. By yeah, the time we got to the merch booth. Yeah, I heard they they basically sold out in Nashville outside. Oh wow, really? Yeah, uh, Brad Blazik uh, from Single Podcast Theory, a friend of ours. He he actually snagged me one because I was in rehearsal all day, so I got a Nashville poster. And he said when he was out there. They had to go inside of the merch area to get more, more posters for outside. So I think they were gone really fast. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, yeah, there were no posters. Y- yeah. And it was something like there's there's only like 350 of like the ones for Cincinnati. I don't know if it was the same for Nashville. But I think it's something wow, like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's a cool piece, you know, if you can get a hold of one of these show posters because they're very rare. I mean, for the amount of people that are going to these shows, you know, 20,000 plus people, you know, yeah. only a couple hundred people are getting posters. And on top of that... You have the VIP posters, which I ended up getting a VIP poster from Nashville from my friend Wes, who kind of hooked us up with the show, who works for the band. Um, Oh, nice. So I was able to get both of the Nashville posters. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I just got to go buy a nice frame for them now. Yeah, I was like, I got to go get two more frames now for mine. (laughs) Right. He he, he also, uh, um, you'll like this, he also got me a, um, a show poster from October 16th, which is my birthday. Um, obviously I wasn't at the show. It was the Madison show, the first one of the run. Oh, nice. And, uh, he, and he ended up, uh, so usually how it works backstage at, at big arena shows is, you know, the band's assistants will basically lay out stuff in their dressing rooms for them to sign, hmm. you know, if they have, if there's promo things or whatever. And so my friend Wes was able to sneak my poster in there. So the, uh, the birthday poster I got is signed by the whole band. Oh wow, that's great! Yeah, I'm really stoked. And Sarah Sobek, this uh, this the night before, gave me a Madison pick, which is also October 16th. So, I got all these belated birthday presents. Oh wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I got the hookup. It was I, I'm I'm feeling yeah, <laughs> feeling very loved for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's get back let's get back to the show. So you 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 got your merch, you head down to the floor, and you and you secure your spots. Yeah, definitely. Like we were really close, and um, like actually the 
there was four people in front of us. They were like father and son, both of them. Right. So there was like a father, son, father, son. That's awesome. Yeah, one set of them was like the first time that they're ever seeing Metallica. Sure. Yeah. I was like, this is really cool. I was like, this is it for you. You're never going to be able to go to a different concert. This ruins it. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> um Man, that's all. That's all. It's so cool to see like families go to Metallica shows now, like different generations. I know Jim Brewer always points that out, and so does Hetfield. But it yeah. is cool to be at the show and look around and see like a father and son, or like a grandfather, son, and grandson, even. Oh yeah, it's great. Like, I love the just how it just brings everybody together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, it is truly amazing that this band. I mean, they're thirty-eight years in now, and I mean, a, a career that long, you're spanning generations at this point, you know, and. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. I'm sure for them to be on stage and look out and see like six year olds in the crowd up to like 85 year olds, you know, it's so cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so amazing. I bet. That's awesome. Um, okay. So uh, continue to walk us through kind of, you know, you're down there early. Obviously, if, if anyone hasn't been on the rail or near the rail, if you're down there that early, it's quite a wait before Metallica hits the stage. I mean, because you're usually getting down there like, an hour before Jim Brewer even comes on. Oh yeah, we were down there for a long time, and standing there the, that close, I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I was like, I kind of don't like. I try not to drink as much liquid so that I just don't even have to leave. I could just stay put. That's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good so call. Usually, I'm pretty prepared for that. Like, I can pretty much hang out for like seven, eight, ten hours if I have to. There you go. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you don't have to wait that long for the band. To God, come on yeah. Stage. I hope not. <laughs> So which, uh, which, I know that, you know, obviously it's in the round stage and like Lars's kit rotates and stuff, but whose side of the stage were you on? Like when they start the show? So when they started the show, kind of, uh, Lars's drum kit was away from us. So we could basically just see his back. Okay. So you, it sounds like you're probably right behind Kirk's guitar tech. Yeah. Yep. Kirk's guitar tech was like right there. Um, in fact, we were, we were at the side of the stage where, like the stage opened up where they ran through. Okay. So like we were like right there and like they were basically like running right past us. Awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. That's kind of where me and Clint were, uh, in, in Birmingham. Um, I was, I was right behind Clint and Sarah and Pete and, uh, that, you know, Kirk ran by us and, and, uh, other boys went around the other side of the stage, but yeah, it was a really cool spot to be in. Oh yeah. It was like at one point because ecstasy of gold was played and I could see it, and I looked over, and I seen James Hetfield come out, and I was like, look, there he is. I was like, it's James Hetfield. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like, I got super, really excited. Yeah. Like, there he is. He's it's like, right there. It's because it's James Hetfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, before we, uh, I don't want to get too ahead of uh, ourselves here, before we, you know, jump into the set list, um, after seeing it a couple times, what are, you, how do you, what are your thoughts on Jim Brewer's set? I like his set. I mean, it's kind of, like, he doesn't really switch up a lot of the jokes. I mean, it's great because he's got he gets to make fun of different people. Right. So you get to hear him make fun of different people in the crowd, but it's still kind of like the same jokes that he kind of sticks with. Yeah, I but noticed that. I like it. I think it's it's definitely like it's refreshing. Like it's not like the same. Like we got to sit through like two or three opening bands. Like most of the time when I go to see Metallica, I really just want to see Metallica. Exactly. That's exactly. Me and Clint were talking about. Me and Clint were talking about that after after the show, and me and Paul actually were too. Where, um, yeah, I mean, like the first time I saw Metallica, like Lamb of God opened, and that was awesome. But the whole time, I'm like, okay, Lamb of God is great, and they're a super tight band. But I just want Metallica to get up there. 
Right. So for someone like Jim to come out, I think it's a great idea. He gets the crowd hyped. I mean, he's and he's not he's not full of BS. I mean, he's a Metallica fan. Like, oh yeah, he's definitely a fan and and has been for a long time. And so I think it's a great way to get the crowd hyped up, get get all of us excited, you know. And and I love that he like gets into the crowd and runs up, you know, and talks to people and stuff like that. And he he does a really good job. He does. I really like it. I think it's a great format. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, then let's just let's jump into Setless World here. So, um, uh, obviously, you guys got an, an, a really cool set list. Um, one that will spawn jealousy amongst a lot of fans, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, let's just kind of jump into it. Some of these, obviously, we don't have to talk about a bunch because it's the same songs they play all the time. But uh, you let me know if you have anything notable to say about any songs. But uh, so, Ecstasy of Gold. I think it goes without saying that, you know, even though they've had this intro music for so long, it still gets us so excited. Oh, yeah. And, and I get goosebumps every time, like, as soon as it starts. I get, it never fails. I just get goosebumps. Did you get goosebumps at our party when me and Clint came on stage to it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we like, were there yet. Oh, well, you missed We it. didn't come until, like, really late. Oh, no. Well, it was yeah. uh, It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> It, it we it, it was it was kind of one of those just ridiculous silly things to do, but like because the room was packed, we had right. the, we had the sound guy there play Exodia Gold for us to come up and do our intro, and uh, it gave us our little egotistical moment. I bet that it was awesome. Yeah, I'm so sad I missed that. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, that's right, because I think you had you had you had messaged. Didn't you fly in that night? Well, we drove. We drove. Because so, I think yeah, you, I think you messaged always. messaged us like after the party had started. Like we're on our way. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, we're 40 miles out, we're at Denny's. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so X Gold's playing, you got chills. Um, you know that after that, it's it's the the first three songs are going to be the same. But right. it, it's still exciting. Even in Nashville, I was just like, even when the hardwired music started playing, I was like, oh my God, here we go. Oh yeah, it was, it was really exciting. And I was getting a different, basically I had a different vantage point this time because I was back with you guys in Nashville. So now I was like really close to the stage and getting to see like all the extra stuff, which was great. So was this your first experience that close? Um, for for this um, stage setup, it was. Yeah, because you had snake you had snake pit for the uh, uh, stadium tour, um, right? But uh, to be on the rail like that is a whole different deal, you know. I think on the stadium, I, I never got in the snake pit, but. It's like they'll kind of be by you for a while, but then that stage is so huge, you may not see any of the guys for like three songs. Oh, yeah. Like all of a sudden they disappear. Or it's like, where'd everybody go? Yeah. Because everybody's <laughs> just so far back. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's cool that you, that you got to experience uh, this vantage point, um, seeing everything up close. And especially, you know, it's exciting to get on the rail or close to the rail right by one of the microphones, too, because you know that all the guys are going to be singing on them at some point. Oh, yeah. I was like, look, I was like, I got a microphone right there. So I was like, I know he's going to come to this microphone eventually. Absolutely. Like, and he was super close. Like, it, I sent photos with it. Like, you can see just how close we really were. Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even even uh, in Birmingham, you know, we were close. I got a couple of good shots of James and Lars, and and, uh, and it's very, very close. But on camera, it, it it I think it looks a little bit further away than when you're actually there. Oh yeah, you know, because it's, it's just does. a wide la- angle lens and stuff. But um, yeah, it's a really cool experience. So um, <laughs> jumping in, you know, hardwired into Atlas into Seek and Destroy. Um, this has been a staple on this on this run, and I'm still not complaining. I still love it. I still love that they open oh, yeah. with the same two, and I love that Seek and Destroy is a lot higher in the set. Um, any thoughts on these? 
Yeah, it was like uh, seeking. Seek was great. I was like, it was great being as close as we were because it's the first time we could really see like the cubes coming down, and like the cubes are like right over you. Oh yeah. And I'm like looking up, like holy crap! And I'm like, and they come so far down. I was like, that's amazing, like how close they are. <laughs> it is. It is great. Those things are very impressive, and it was really cool to see it in Nashville from a you know a different perspective to see the whole production. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, same same kind of feeling. Like when me and Clint were up on the rail in Birmingham, it's like at one point I looked up and it was coming down. I was like, that thing is right above my head. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy crap, those things are close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when when Sorry. so after Seek, uh, we're getting into the the ever rotating slot four. Was there something you were hoping for before you knew they were about to play Ride the Lightning? Well, like Jim Brewer had said that they were going to play two songs not played on the arena or stadium. So I was just like, oh, God, what are they going to play? Right. And I love I love stuff like that because I'm just like, oh, I really don't know what they're going to play because it could be anything. Like, And they do that. Like, they could just play anything. They could play Fixer. Yeah, they could. Right. There was like, um, I don't know if it was because of how close we were because uh, you guys were really close for Birmingham. Like, did Lars's drum sound funny? Uh, yeah, well, e- well, everything sounds kind of goofy when you're on the rail because if, if uh, and for anybody listening that's going to be on the rail at any of the future shows, when you get on the rail, look up and you'll see where the cubes are and also the PA that's hanging down, it kind of hangs down at an angle so it can hit the floor. But when okay. you're on the rail, you're basically right underneath if almost behind the speakers. Okay. So a lot of what you're hearing is like more amp- the ambience of what's coming out of the speakers behind you plus plus Lars's stage volume cuz as far as stage volume goes if you shut the PA off all you would hear is Lars's drums cuz all the other guys um, are playing on what are called frac- fractal rigs which is um, amp modeling right. and and they're and it's plugged in direct there's no amps on, you know on stage. So that's why okay. it kind of sounds a little weird when you're when you're right yeah. there you're you're not hearing the actual mix. Yeah because his like his snare kind of sounded like it was off, and I was like, "Oh God, they're going to play Saint Anger song." And that was like my first thought. It was like his snare sounded funny, right? Like, oh, yeah, we're so, going to play Saint Anger song. You're like, "Oh, okay." I mean, I guess Jim Brewer was right. Yeah. So they go into Ride the Lightning. Did you? Were you just like, "Oh my God, yes"? Yeah, I was so stoked. I love Ride the Lightning live. It's like it's it's one of my favorite songs live, and it's also like my favorite Kirk Hammett solo. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. I mean, yeah, that's some of Kirk's best guitar work on that song for sure. Oh yeah, for sure, and he nails it every time. Like, never ever has an issue. Good, good. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always some shows where Kirk might have some flubs here and there, but um, much like Nashville, I mean, it sounds like in this song, he, you know, he was spot on. Oh yeah, he was for sure. I was like, and I think he's also a little bit under the weather. Because he was blowing his nose a lot off stage. Ah, so, uh, okay. Like, poor guy. It's like, oh, no, he's got the crud with everybody else. I wonder if I got him sick. <laughs> I was I was blowing him a lot of kisses, so. Yeah. I feel like maybe maybe uh, one of them traveled and actually infected him. I'm sorry, Kirk. <laughs> uh, so, do you happen to remember any, uh, like, what kind of production was on the cubes and stuff during Red Lightning? It's a little tough to see when you're down there, but. Um, I think they used... Oh, was it the green? I think it was like whatever they use when they do Dream No More. Okay, yeah, there's a bunch of green. green. Yeah. Yeah, okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm imagining, uh, you know, the video guys, you know, they probably have a couple default looks for that slot, no matter what they're playing, you know. So, um, but that's cool. Um, 
kind of reminiscent of the uh, accidental green printed Red Lightning album cover. Right. Yeah, that, it looked really cool. I'm sure, that wasn't their intention whatsoever, but let's just let's, right. let's pretend it is. Um, okay, so moving on, we 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 have what's just obviously a staple, Unforgiven. Yep. Always good. How, how do they sound on this? Oh, they sounded great, and um, everything looked fantastic. They actually used a different video, like in the cubes for this one. Because I think when we were in Nashville. Oh really? For the un- for the Unforgiven, didn't they use like the uh, where the people are in the boxes and they're like knocking? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and, and yeah, uh, they've so. u- they've used that kind of look on on other tours as well. That that was a common thing on uh, Death Magnetic, right? When they had the big so, co- coffin video screens, right? Yeah, the coffin video screens are sweet. Um, but like they use like it looked like a cityscape and like for the Unforgiven. So I was like, hmm. I was like, that's cool. To me, it kind of signaled they were going to use those for something else. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. what are your? Uh, oh, let me ask you this too. Um, cause, just because it's my favorite Kirk solo, did he nail the solo in Unforgiven? Oh yeah, for sure, he nailed it. Good, it sounded fantastic. Awesome. That's my favorite. That's a highlight for me in their catalog for sure. And he was playing like this really pretty, I guess, like purple sparkly BG guitar. Oh yeah, it's kind of a. It's kind of a like a. Like a blood red or slight maroon sparkle yeah. new Ouija board guitar. It's, we we saw it's it in Birmingham. Beautiful. I'm I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure that that he used it for the first time in Birmingham. Oh yeah, that guitar is beautiful. So yeah. That was like the first time I really saw it, and I was like, oh wow, it's really that. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I remember in Birmingham right before uh, he got that guitar from his tech. He he like handed him another one, and he was kind of motioning like, "Give it to me, give it to me." Like he was really excited to play it. Yeah. So yeah, that, awesome. yeah, that thing's really cool. Um, so what are your what are your thoughts? So moving on to now that we're dead, what what are your thoughts on the uh, the the drum circle? I'm glad they shortened it. Yeah, like I think it's still to me. I think it's great. I was like, because I know they're having a good time, and it's something that they like doing. But like when I saw it during the stadium run, it was so long. It seemed like it was forever. It, it really, it really did, and yeah. I kind of like. I don't, I don't know if they'll bring out those big, huge drums again on the European Stadium tour, but um, I like that the cubes come up from the stage and they play on top of those because they're just pads on top. Um, but to me, uh, it's safer because then James isn't falling in a hole. Exactly. There's that too. We don't, yeah. want, we don't want James falling in any holes anymore. You're right. He needs to be attached to a harness at all times, just in case. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like it'll, it'll look like a leash that parents put on their children, right? But it'll be connected to the light truss above him. So if he does fall, he'll he'll just like float, and then he can they can lift him back up and stuff. Yeah, he'll just hang there for a second, <laughs> right? Put him back on the ground. <laughs> um, so slot seven, interesting. You guys got the memory remains, which we got in Birmingham in slot four. Yeah, so I, it, it sounded great. I love that you you had to have been stoked for this one because you're a, a big load reload era um, oh, yeah. fan. Dan was super happy because that's one of his favorite songs and he really wanted to hear it live. So I'm so glad they played it. Yeah, well, it's it, it's. I mean, to me, it's such a perfect live song for them, especially when the Marian Faithful part happens and the whole crowd starts singing it. And it's that's got it feels good as fans to be in a room like that and everyone's singing the same thing. It's got to feel good to them on stage to hear that song back at them. Oh, yeah, and it sounded great. Like, something I didn't know until after the show, but that, that show sold out. So it was packed in there, and everybody's singing it. It's, yeah, it gave me goosebumps. It was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, it's 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 such a great song. Do you have any thoughts on my reggae cover of this song? 
<laughs> I thought it was good. Like Reggie's not like I my thought pop. It was good. <laughs> that was kind of a question. I know reggae yeah. is not your thing. I'm just I'm just teasing. You don't have to tell me what you think about my, no, my version. Good. I said I like your covers. I think they're great. <laughs> well, it's they're fun to record. And I'll say that. Enough about oh, sure. me. Let's talk about Metallica and Stephanie. <laughs> Um, so, uh, next we get the, we get the, uh, second in the, uh, lightning catalog. We get from the bell tolls. Obviously they're always going to play this and, um, ride. I think Rob nails it every time. Oh yeah, for sure. It's great. Every time. Um, this one to me, like it's such a short song. There's not really a, br- a bridge. There's no solo. It, it's, it's just a good, like punch you in the face song. You know, it's probably only three, three and a half minutes long. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know why they wouldn't ever not play this song. It's such a good crowd yeah. song, too. It just brings everybody back out of a slump, too, if they need to. Like, it'll just bring everybody back up. Right, or if you're not like a, a Load Reload fan and then they just played yeah. Memory Remains, then all of a sudden they go into, you know, from the bell tolls, you're like, oh, okay, now I'll stand up. Right. <laughs> um, man, and you guys got Sanitarium, too. We did, we yeah, got, and that's and that was when they used the actual people in the cubes, and I was like, oh, yes, yeah. So yeah. I, I thought yeah, we, they might were going to play it, maybe, but. right? Yeah, we got that in Birmingham, and it sounded awesome. I was really hoping for it. I mean, a lot of times it's it used to be where it was like either that or fade to black, but um, and they haven't been really doing fade to black much lately. Um, yeah, they haven't. Uh, but man, sanitarium. I mean, to me, you just you just can't fuck with that song. It's it's so good. Yeah, so and that's Dan's other favorite song. So I'm just kind of glad he got both of his favorite songs that and the set list. Dan's fantastic. like, oh, it was worth coming finally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's worth dealing with all this. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> oh, they played Sanitarium. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, do you happen to know what the Doodles were? I'm not really sure what the Doodles were. Um, I was gonna try and look up what it was, but when I got home last night, I was just dead. So I was like, I'm not. Look well, for- <laughs> fortunately, with the the invention of the internet, I am looking it up right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, it just says uh, it says followed by Kirk and Rob solos, including No Remorse and Anesthesia. So, yeah, they did play No Remorse. So they didn't. Um, that so was they, that seems like it sounds like. I mean, someone can write in. Actually, don't write in. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't have to know. Uh, it sounds like maybe they didn't do something that was Cincinnati specific, like they did in Nashville and stuff. I still think they did though, because they still played the song. Like well, they played a song. Like Rob kind of introduced it as like the first band he saw in like California, hmm. and so they did some kind of doodle. I wonder who it was. Like I'm just not sure what it was. Yeah. Well, I just looked up. Uh, I don't know if you ever go to setlist.fm, but um, actually, you know what I'm gonna do while we're talking here? I'm just gonna go to Metallica.com, and we're gonna yeah, we're gonna find there. we're gonna find out there. I'm sure they'll say because, because yeah, that's a thing that they just. I mean, they keep doing like they're, you know, they they do it so a little nod to the city, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what uh, what they did here. Let me find. Oh, I forgot Metallica redid their website. Where is the menu? All right, tour past dates. I'm getting to the bottom of it right now. Clicking on Cincinnati. Here we go. What does it even? Say? It doesn't even say. Nope. Doesn't say what they did on their own website. Come on, guys. All right. Anyways, I guess we'll never know. No, nobody knows. <laughs> Rob is the only one that knows. So 
So, Rob, if you're listening, please right. write in and let us know uh, what song you, you, you played. And it was the, one of the first bands you saw in California. <laughs> okay, so enough of that uh, mess of, a, um, of an inspection. Uh, now, slot 10 here, we get, I think, the most surprising one probably of the tour, I think, with Phantom Lord. Yeah, I was so stoked. I was amazed. I was like, holy crap, they're playing Phantom Lord. It's something I always keep like in the back of my head. I was like, man, I wish they would play Phantom Lord. Well, <laughs> just it, like, I just, and they did. <laughs> just to be thorough, in Stephanie's note, she said they played fucking Phantom Lord with about 10 exclamation points. And then she said, I lost my shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I did. I lost my shit. Like, I was just, I headbanged like the whole song. Awesome. And when he hit that high note at the end, it was perfect and i was like yes that's rad <laughs> yeah very cool yeah i actually I, I i watched some clips of it this morning uh, just some fan shot footage from their phones and it, it really sounded good oh it did i was so stoked and it was so good and they just sounded it was like top of their game like it's so great when they pull old stuff out like that and they just play it like they're 20 yeah like, you know, i love it yeah, I mean, and, th- and that's one that, you know, Hetfield doesn't really go go high on vocals other than the very, very end. So it's like, you know, even as he gets older, maybe some of that range might go away. He can still do this song easy because it's all pretty low. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, what a treat for Cincinnati to get Phantom Lord. I mean, the, the whole set, really. I mean, there's so there's so many little details in this set that you guys got in Cincinnati that, n- that we didn't get. So I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. I was like, um, we're leaving this this. Uh, arena and I'm just like they played fucking Phantom Lord. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, yeah. So then moving on, we we we, we kind of get back into uh, up until the encore. We kind of get back into the staples. We got Creeping Death. Um, obviously, a, a huge fan favorite. The Die chant oh, yeah. is always was was the whole arena doing Die or that was did Cincinnati deliver? Oh yeah, they sure did. Good. Like, it sounded great. I was like, it was kind of like a one-two punch in the face, getting Phantom Lord and then Creeping Death. Like, it was... Yeah. It was pretty... It was brutal. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Moth into Flame, uh, one of my favorites from Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Um, I, and I, I asked so many times on these Metal Tales episodes about you know, what people thought of the drones, and then finally seeing them in person for the first time. It's cool. It is. Really? I love them. I, this is the greatest thing. I was like, these are so cool. <laughs> well, and, and what's what's cool about them, so now that both both you and I have done the rail and stood back kind of by Big Mick, um, it's cool to see those from different perspectives because when you're up close, you can tell they're drones. I mean... Oh, but, yeah. But they're really small. Like, there was a they few... They are. Like, few, they're few, really tidy. Yeah, and there was a few times where I had to, like, kind of squint, like, okay, I can see the little propellers now. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, look at the little propellers. I was like, yeah, but they are, like, really tiny. Yeah, but if you're back, like, 20 feet, it just it looks like just these little lights floating everywhere. It's so cool. Yeah. And I am sure... So we, they look like fireflies, really. Yeah, exactly. Or, dare I say, a moth into a flame. Right. A firefly <laughs> to flame. That's, that's the, that was the working title, fire, Firefly to Flame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'm sure those things. Look, I'm sure it looks even cool, cooler when you know when you're maybe even further back or up in the nosebleeds, you know, because it, it, it's you can't tell that they're drones at all. Yeah, you really can't. Um, yeah, that's such a fun song. And then obviously, you know, going from that into "Sad but True." I mean, see, so yeah, and I think right before "Sad but True" is when they do the whole. Um, is it like the kid segment where like they point a kid out in the crowd and they talk to him? Oh yeah, yeah. So they James find find one of them. 
Yeah, so, and it was, like, right over by us. So, like, all four of them are just kind of standing at the edge of the stage. And my husband, God love him, he just loves doing the goofy shit. So he has, like, this Frankenstein hoodie that really looks like Frankenstein on the top. Yeah. So he he had it up, and then I seen Rob. Rob pointed at him, and was like, that's cool. And then he elbows Kirk, like, hey, Kirk, look. Check it and out. And then, like, Kirk looks, and, like, they're all pointing at him. And, like, DJ's giving the horns, and, like, James is trying to talk to this kid, and I see James just kind of give, like, a sly eye over, like, like hey, hey, hey yo. being an asshole. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Let's, like, not, let's, let's not point out the hoodie, Kirk. I get it. You're a horse fan. Yeah. I'm trying to talk to this child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome, though. Well, yeah, that's cool. You, that's cool. He got, a, he got a nod from Kirk and Rob. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was funny. It was great. That's so cool. Um, yeah, and then you know, obviously, Sabbath True. I mean, it, it, this is a this is a staple. Obviously, every show, and it to me, it doesn't get old to me. Oh no, not at all. I love hearing Sabbath True live. It sounds so great, and it's so just, it's so just heavy and low and crunchy. I love it. Yeah. Well, and you know, there was a, a, a you know, there's a lot of songs where Lars kind of speeds up a lot, like. Um, his timing can fluctuate, and this is one that I feel like he's kind of pulled the reins back. It's almost a little bit slower, I think, than the original. Oh, yeah. Which I think, for a song like this, works very well live. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, it does sound like they slowed it down. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a ballad now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounds so good, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then we go into, the obviously, the, the staple of one into puppets. Um, anything notable here that you want to point out before the encore starts? Well, it's like I love now that they're in. They're incorporating more of like Johnny got his gun, yeah. and the one stuff. Like I think that's great. I I love that movie, and like it's a movie that me and my dad used to watch. Oh, so that's so cool! It's like really sentimental to me. Anyway, not like one doesn't already make me cry most of the time, right? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just does for whole different reasons. But <laughs> yeah, we don't we we don't have to go into a therapy session on here. It's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> So how how does the bridge make you feel, Stephanie? <laughs> um, let's talk about that point. But, but point to where one affects you the most. Right, um, right, right. In the feels right there. Um, okay, so then puppets. You know, we all, all know at this point. I mean, these these last four are kind of what they're shutting out the main set with. Um, puppets is all. I mean, that's their most played song of all time. I mean. Unless they have a specific set they're playing, like the Chris Cornell thing or something, they're always going to play puppets. Oh, yeah. And I love now that they're, like, ending the set right before the encore with puppets. I think it's perfect. Yeah, totally. I almost wish they would, like, flip-flop that and Sandman or something for fun. Like, end the main set with Sandman. I know it's their biggest song of all time, and they, they kind of have to, but they used to do that where that was the end of the main set, and then they come out and play some other ones. Yeah. Well, they probably see that a lot of people were just leaving <laughs> after Sandman plays, and then they're just, like, losing a bunch of people, like, when it gets to the encore, like because they're like, let's beat traffic. Like Dan. He's like, they played Sandman, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm done. I heard my three songs. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dan. <laughs> um, so what I love is, is going into the encore, they don't really, like, waste much time. It's not like they run backstage and, like, go take a shower real quick, and, you know, it's a pretty short wait time before the encore starts yeah i feel like it used to be longer like they used to like kind of hang it a little bit more than they do now but yeah it doesn't hang as long which is cool with me i mean we we know that oh, yeah. we, we know what's going to happen they're coming back out so just 
walk off stage, you know, it's it, it, to me, it's almost about as long as like the little transitions that happen in, in you know, right before Unforgiven, you know, when, yeah. La- when Lars's drum kit rotates, maybe they, they change shirts. Kirk takes a leak. Oh, we didn't talk about that. So we, yeah. we saw that in Birmingham too. Like he had to pee. And so a security guard basically blocks him and he like pees into yeah. a bucket or something. And that's what Dan was telling me. He was like, cause he's really observant and tries to catch a bunch of extra stuff. But he was like, yeah, he was like, the security guard was like blocking him. And like he was standing, there's like a little cubby down where his guitar tech is. Yeah. And he said like, after he was done, like the security guard kind of walked away a little bit. And then, like, Kirk backed up and was buckling his jeans. He was like, he was pissing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Did you get to see <laughs> Kirk get his, his quick little rub down? No, I didn't get to see that. I've um, seen, seen the poor guy blow his nose a whole bunch of times, though. I was uh, like, oh. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what song <laughs> it was. I, I want, I want, maybe it was when Rob does Anesthesia or something, but... Uh, yeah, I think that's when it is. And a straight-up masseuse comes out with a table, and he lays down like, right in front of all the fans. <laughs> That's awesome. And gets a quick little <laughs> massage. Like, I mean, I mean, whatever. You're Metallica. Yeah. You got a ton of money, and you're in your fifties. Like, if you want a massage mid show, get a massage mid show. I don't care. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but it is funny to watch the security guards, like, because people try to take pictures pictures of them doing that. <laughs> and, they're, and, and people are just shining. They're just shining their flashlights like into people's phones so they can't. Yeah, get it's photos. like poor, poor guy giving privacy. <laughs> I mean, let's. They, here's my thing. They could put up like some pipe and drape real quick. Like, hold up a big sheet, like. You know, but uh, it's you know, it's whatever. It's I think it's funny. I, I thought it was cute. I, hey, look, look. Yeah. If I was in Metallica, I would get a massage after every song. Okay, <laughs> for sure. It'd They're be like, like a oh, five-hour set because I, Ethan kept running off stage to get a massage. <laughs> <laughs> so moving to the encore, you uh, have you kind of followed what what they start with every night on the encore because it kind of rotates like fight fire with fire, blackened, you know, battery. Um, and spit out the bone. You guys got spit. Yeah, yeah, which I'm glad because I haven't seen it yet. So I haven't seen it live yet. So I'm, Me too. I'm really glad they played it. Yeah, I was, you know, I was stoked to get, you know, we got battery in, in Birmingham and we got blackened in Nashville. I was obviously beyond stoked to hear those, but I was really hoping for spit out the bone because I've seen those two live. But, um, but yeah, you right. got, you got spit out the bone. How do they sound? Oh, they sounded so good. I was like, um, I know, like, some of it, it looked like some of it may have been taking off on them because Lars speeds up, and then it's like I'm watching Kirk, like, speed up, and I'm like, oh, man, like, the song is starting to, like, take off. Right, yeah. Like, as they do that, where the stuff just kind of takes off on them, and then it just kind of becomes its own beast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think Lars, oftentimes, when he's playing those really fast thrash beats, I feel like he kind of hits, like, a cruising altitude, and it's usually faster than the record, but it's, like, comfortable for him. Yeah. So he just stays there where where everyone else is like, oh my god, this is so fast. Yeah. That's cool. What a treat. I mean, it, you know, there's four songs that rotate out of this slot, and and you got the most, you know, recent one as far as recordings goes, and you haven't seen it yet live, so I'm sure that was just great. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. It was like I was kind of watching the set list because, you know, the first time I saw Fight Fire with Fire was in that arena. I was kind of hoping to get by fire with fire to oh, kind of cool. close the circle. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's okay, though. I was like, because they ended up playing it the night before. Or, like, it was Monday. They yep. ended up playing Fight Fire with Fire. So yeah. I was like, oh, well. That's I was right. Like, it means I'll probably get spit out the bones. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think in Raleigh they did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, and then this is kind of the, the, the bummer part of the set, not because of the songs, because you know this show's ending soon. Right. Um, but no, obviously nothing else matters in a Sandman. 
uh, they tease the little Fred and Sandy like like usual at the end of it. Um, yes. But uh, to me, it's really fun to like see everybody in the crowd, like because these are two of their most popular songs. I mean, it, everything, all these songs bring people together. But like, those are the two songs that like even the casual fans that are there, like everyone's singing along to these ones. Oh yeah, and like everybody was. It was great. Like during Nothing Else Matters, everybody just came alive. Like that's cool. It was like a yeah, it was great. Everyone was asleep for Spit Out the Bone, but then when Nothing Else Matters <laughs> hit, that shit is heavy. And let me tell you, everyone was going crazy, throwing shit. And... <laughs> um, and I love you know I, I like I didn't really know they were doing this uh, when I went to Detroit. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, when I went to Philly, that was the first one I saw. Um, but when they do the whole thing at the end where they kind of talk a little bit to the crowd and Lars kind of throws out some facts like the last time we were here or the first time we were here, this happened. And, um, was there, do you remember anything from that? Sorry to see if I remember the facts. Cause he was talking about, um, riverbed. So he's, he was mentioning cause, um, there's a place in Columbus. It's called like the Jermaine amphitheater now. Okay. But it's, it used to be the riverbed. I've been there. Yeah. And yeah. So, and then he started saying a whole bunch of stuff about rivers because we're just, you know, we're surrounded by the Ohio river, like right here where us bank arena is. Right. He's yeah. Like, play everything that has a river in the name. <laughs> <laughs> Next time they're going to play on a stage on the river. <laughs> right. I mean, it, what's crazy is like where we ended up having the park, was like basically on like it was a slope right at the river i was like the car's gonna go into the river yeah we're not gonna have a car <laughs> when, we, when we exit this show but oh well <laughs> well that's cool i'm i'm, I'm so glad you, you guys got such a great great set list um i mean some good surprise ride the lightning phantom lords in there you got spit out the yeah. bone um yeah really cool and you said in your notes that you got some picks oh yeah we got we got a crap ton. I think we ended up with like 18 or 19 picks. Whoa. Like when they were throwing them out at the end. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Like, and, and we, we've learned now since we've been to a few shows and it's like, we don't even try to catch them anymore. We look for them on the ground. Just go straight to the floor. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, they're like everywhere. <laughs> I found that when I was on the rail and they were doing that, that's when people don't give a shit who you are anymore. Like, oh yeah. Everyone's no, respect. Like, yeah. Everyone's respectful <laughs> during the whole show. Someone might even hold a rail spot for you. Um, I even was the, the jerk that kind of sque- squeezed up towards the front of the rail and people were still cool. I got the stink eye a little bit, but they were cool. When yeah. those picks go flying, it, all bets are off. Everyone oh, hits yeah. the floor. Oh yeah, it's like dog eat dog. <laughs> I mean, some girl went down next to me looking for picks and about knocked me over. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We had some girl like squeeze between us to get up because like it was when James was throwing out the picks from the mic stand and it was like all mayhem. And I was like, oh, Lord, we're going to die. Like, because yeah. the whole crowd was cool up until then. And then it right. was just like, yeah, it was like a frenzy. <laughs> you know what I think you need to do? And shh, we won't tell anybody else. Bring bring a <laughs> net next time. <laughs> uh, what's funny is that we um, we use our shirts every once in a while. You just hold out the shirts to, like, catch them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've there you done go. that before. Yeah. That's smart. But I think if you hold out a net, then you, you know, like... <laughs> Something where the picks can't get through, and in like second, like Rob or something comes over the cup of picks, starts throwing them, just hold the net up, and you're bound to catch like 30 of those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we made sure the people around us got picks too, because. Oh, that's cool. It was like, there was one guy that like, he was having trouble grabbing picks anyway. He was a big dude. Like, he looked like he could have been like James's security guard. Yeah. He was like that big. So, like, 
we gave him a pick and there was a couple other girls around us that didn't get any so we handed out picks and still ended up with like almost 18 picks oh man well look at you guys <laughs> yeah a couple of metallic clauses in cincinnati <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well i'm so glad you had a great time you and dan and uh i can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your morning i know you're not feeling good and i'm sure this is not helping your voice by talking to me for almost an hour but thank you for doing <laughs> doing a metal tales with me oh yeah thanks so much for letting me do this this is great i love geeking out about metallica so. heck yeah oh it's always fun right yeah awesome well uh, get get some rest before uh uh cleveland tomorrow night or i'm sorry friday, friday night that is tomorrow night yeah, but tomorrow, uh, um, yeah. Uh, and enjoy the show, and I can't wait to see what songs they play tomorrow night for you. Oh, me either. <laughs> awesome. All right. Take, Thanks. Take care. You too. Hey, it's Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we hope you're enjoying the Metal Tales from the Road series. If you've been keeping up with us, then you already know that we've covered every stop on the 2018-2019 North American Arena Tour, and we look forward to catching up with all of our European friends later this year on the Stadium Tour overseas. And there's more! After the Stadium Tour, we are continuing the Metal Tales series for any Metallica show in the past. Maybe you saw one of the Orion festivals. Maybe you were at the Channel in 1984 and Cliff Burton bought you a beer. Maybe you you were at one of the 30th anniversary shows or you just saw a regular ass show in north dakota somewhere we want to hear from you since ethan and i started metal up your podcast we've wanted to find a way for listeners to call in and share their stories well this is it to make yourself eligible for a future or past metal tales episode please consider joining us on patreon for five dollars a month you not only get to come on the show as a guest you also get both of our Cover Our World Blackened EPs, monthly giveaways like deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, posters, and other goodies. You get early access to our YouTube videos, and we also let you ask our guests like Ray Burton, Michael Wagner, Hailstorm, members of Slipknot, your very own questions. For what essentially amounts to two cups of coffee a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast continues to grow in quality and content. For any of you on the ride with us, we love you, we thank you, peace, and adios.